Good morning, everyone. Today, I want to share with you two terms that I was looking into after my psych- psychologist therapist mentioned them to me. Psychologically minded and emotional resilience. Psychologically minded is shorter, so I'll start with that one. So basically, my therapist made this passing comment that I'm very psychologically minded. I didn't know what that meant, so I googled it. And it basically means self-aware. It means having a deep understanding of your inner world and the intricacies of your emotions, the nuances of having multiple emotions, sometimes contradicting ones, and being able to understand those emotions enough to link them to your behavior and your values. And when I googled it, it mentions as a clause the ability to do this with other people as well. And I just thought this was interesting because I don't know about you, but it 100% affirms everything I felt about myself in regards to my ability to read people. Basically, I think I'm pretty good at reading people, but that's all because I'm self-aware about myself. The way I typically read people is usually it's deeper. So it's not the kind of reading where within five seconds I can notice different ticks in their body language the way an FBI agent would. Although that is something I'm trying to learn. I do the type of reading where I can usually tell pretty quickly what motivates somebody, what someone's self-image is, their self-identity, their insecurities, their fears, things like that. And what happens a lot is for a lot of people, I feel like I end up knowing them better than they know themselves because they lack self-awareness. And that brings me to the crux of this, which is I've always felt that I am good at reading people's emotions and a deep sense of self because I am so self-aware myself. Only because I am myself very aware of my own emotions and how they intricately feed into one another that I'm able to use that on other people. Now you might wonder, I mean, that's very faulty and assumptive of you to think that just because you feel something means someone else feels the same way. And I worried about that too. But more often than not, I was right. So the way I think about it now is it's like learning the alphabet. Everyone, based on their personality, based on their self, will string together different words and different sentences. But they all use the same 26 letters that we all do. And so when I study my own emotions, emotions are that alphabet. We all feel the same emotions. We all feel fear. We all feel insecurity, ego, defensiveness. It may be different that a person who's less emotionally mature feels more of the insecurity and defensiveness and anger than someone who works on themselves. But the underlying language is the same. So they basically express different words, but they use the same alphabet. And I think that's why when I learn my own emotions, it does translate very well into other people. And honestly, that's as deep as this rabbit goes. I don't really have much else to say on this term other than I thought it was interesting because I feel extremely validated in my own theory. And yeah, I guess I'm curious if other people who also feel that they're pretty good at reading people find that it's because they draw on their self-awareness as well. The next term I want to discuss is emotional resilience. What happened with this term was I had paused therapy after I lost my job in September and then I finally reconnected with her recently and she was so excited to see me. Ariel, how have you been doing? 
And I fire back, uh, depressed mostly. And she's like, oh no. And I told her the reason is because I've been pretty isolated. As a result of losing my job, I had to cut out all of my recreational activities. And that left me with just studying at home from the LSAT. And I've been studying a lot. And as soon as I said I've been studying a lot, her face lit up. She's one of those people that's really happy that I'm doing this because she personally believes in forever growth, forever education. But what she said was helpful to put it in perspective for me. She said that she's so happy because it really goes to show just how resilient you are. She's saying that to me. That's the thing about you, Ariel. Ever since I started working with you, one thing I've known about you is that you're so resilient. You could have felt limited by your experiences, but instead you draw strength from them. You grow from them. And that's why you continue to grow and continue to do more and more, in this case, going to law school. And if you Google emotional resilience, I think you'll see a lot of yourself in there. So I did Google it. And the term resilience, it's a commonplace term. It's something I've always had a general idea about, but I didn't really think much about it. I just figured, oh, it just means someone's tough. And I guess they can take a beating. But that's also why I didn't feel like I was actually resilient. Because to me, I'm not unaffected by stress. In fact, I don't think I take stress very well. I don't do well with uncertainty. I tend to overeat a lot when I'm in between jobs. And I'll journal a lot when I'm going through tough times. Yeah, at the end of it, I'm able to quote unquote survive because I'm still alive and I'm standing on two feet, but it's not like I came out unscathed. And I would imagine resilient people do well under stress. They do come out pretty unscathed. And I think that's where I was thinking about it wrong. Emotional resilience from what I was reading and gathering is not about coming out unscathed on a micro level, on a day-to-day event-by-event level. It's about what I just said in the last part, being able to come out standing on two feet, overall being able to survive tough experiences. So going back to me, on a micro level, I sure as hell don't feel resilient. But if you look at it on a macro level, I am. Because I do come out of tough experiences still standing. On the flip side, I could, and I can imagine other people who would come out defeated. And that defeat would look like they stop reaching for bigger goals. They stay stagnant in where they are in life because they're afraid of failing again. The failure hit them so hard that the size of their world shrank. Whereas with me, I continue to keep moving forward. I continue to set new goals and bigger and bigger goals. And the point I made about journaling my feelings as a way to combat my stress, what I'll do is I will write down what I'm feeling, write down why I feel it, and then I'll draw arrows to actions I can take, executable little things I can actually do about it to either change it, look at it differently, and will just feel better. And that itself is not so much an example of me being unable to handle stress. It's actually the perfect example to show that I'm able to handle stress because I have ways to combat it and to adapt to it. Me journaling different things I can do, essentially different things I can do to change my behavior in accordance to the stress I'm feeling, 
That's adaptation. That's growth. That's the adaptation, which is the growth and the change they're talking about when it comes to resilience. So I'm a little bit rusty on organometallic chemistry or just metals in general. So this might be very scientifically off base, but it's kind of like if you bend a piece of metal, resilience is not better measured as it going back into the same exact position it was and its ability to do that. It's actually more about the metal's ability to bend in the first place. If the metal were super stiff, it would break. And I don't know if metals snap and break in half like wood does, but I think you get what I'm saying. It would break versus just bending. And the last thing I wanted to touch on was what she said when she said, I draw from my traumatic experiences to give me strength. And that's something I've never really felt comfortable with that statement in general. Because when you go through hard things, really, really hard things, right? It doesn't have to be trauma or childhood trauma, whatever. So let's just say a very, very tough time at work. You don't feel like, oh, I'm going to glean from this strength. It's not that simple. If anything, it just feels like it's giving you problems for therapy. So it doesn't feel like a simple one-in, one-out function. If you remember back in, I think, when did we start learning functions? Trigonometry? Algebra 2? Fx equals y? So basically, you put x in to the function, and you get y out. That's not how I feel about trauma and strength. You put in trauma, you get out strength. It doesn't feel that way. But on a deep, 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 deep level... Yeah, I could see maybe where you're coming from when you say that, because I can see how the strength would be the underlying fuel of what propels me through the stress, what propels me through the adaptation process, and propels me to the other end of staying alive throughout all of this. Because if I didn't have that underlying strength propelling me, I would buckle at any point of those processes, which, again, you think about very average people in life, like not high achievers, not the people that I surround myself or you may surround yourself, just the very average people, a lot of them do buckle. So yeah, that is it. Just two terms I wanted to share my thoughts on. Thank you for listening. Bye.